Hey everyone, how are you doing today? So, with the Bad Batch being out, and of course the abundance of popularity that the clones have amassed with the Clone Wars and so on and so forth, we all know what a lot of people thought about the clones, including fans, but of course in-universe we know what the Jedi thought of clones, they were essentially their friends, they fought alongside them during the Clone Wars, until of course they turned on them and tried to kill them because of Order 66. We know what they meant to the Empire for a certain period of time until they transitioned to the Stormtroopers, and we know what they meant to the galaxy as a whole, to civilians, in both periods. Republic and Galactic Empire. And we knew, of course, that they were highly valuable assets to Kamino, property of Kamino, that is. But what did they mean to their template itself? What did the clones mean to Jango Fett? That's what we're going to learn today in canon from the Age of Republic Jango Fett in Training comic book by Marvel, issue number one. Now, in this comic, I'm not going to go through everything. I'm just going to jump into the part that's going to be the meat of the matter of this episode. But essentially, young Boba and Jango are on a little bit of a heist mission with a ragtag crew who eventually turn on them and we see just how lethal Boba is. But during this time, we see why Jango is known as the most feared and notorious bounty hunter in the galaxy. He completely usurps all of them in terms of prestige, his abilities, and his cunning. Not to mention, he looks more badass than all of them. Now, while they're on a mission altogether, we do get a little bit of a history on Count Dooku approaching Jango Fett, which I will go into right now as well because, well, it's just cool. And then I'll jump into the part about Jango and his thoughts about the clones. So, long time ago, on the moons of Bogdan, Jango is approached by a cloaked figure. I'm sure you'll find the price of Kaminoans are offering is more than fair. For access to my genetic template, Dooku tells him that the Kaminoans will have regular access. So not just a one-time thing of his DNA. He's gonna have to be stationed on Kamino, living there, and they're gonna have access to him at any time that they want. Of course, when he's not taking business elsewhere. He tells him that if he wants to even retire from being a bounty hunter, he can do so because he's going to be paid that much. One question for you, Tyrannus. Why me? There are plenty of bounty hunters out there. But there are few who have your reputation, Django Fett both in terms of your skills and your discretion. Dooku essentially starts to lure him in and saying, think of it, you'll have a grand army of the Republic, a show of strength and power like the galaxy has never seen before. How many men can claim such a legacy? So eventually Jango accepts the offer and he says, the credits are good, but there's something I'm going to need as compensation. And then of course we jump to present day on Ord Mantell where they're doing a bunch of different things. They capture a lady, I digress, and eventually the ragtag team that they're rolling with turns on them and tries to kill Boba. Always watch your back. And so while Fett is watching his, essentially his clone, his son, being almost killed by this creature, he gets a flashback to Kamino, to when the clones were just being created, to when he saw his clones being the age of Boba here. Now, of course, as we know, he just had one request, to have an unaltered clone for himself, and this, of course, was his son, Boba, so that he could teach on everything that he learned to his son. As the Kaminoan walks him through the facility and shows him his clones, he says, I do believe that this army will be our finest creation yet. As he's taken through the facility to observe his younger clone selves, he is told that not a single clone unit has fallen below combat parameters. You must be very proud. Which is the same thing Obi-Wan says to him some time later. And Django turns around and says, to my disbelief, What do I have to be proud of? Livestock bred is kin in fodder, like you said. 
they your creations. So right here is what I want to talk about. Okay, so Django Fett essentially views his clones as nothing more than something to feed cannon fire. Essentially just clones of himself bred to be expendable. Of course, hearkening back to that part with Plo Koon, not to me. He doesn't see them as his clones. He doesn't have any sort of pride or emotion over them for that matter. He just sees them as creations in a lab. Livestock. Can't get any more callous and detached than that. But for his son, who he has taught everything he knows, is a much different story. We have to remember that the clones were not taught by Jango Fett. They were taught by his schematics. So the things, the blueprints, they were essentially like a workout routine, okay? And they all followed it. A, a, a plan of how to initiate combat for this and this and this scenario. And of course, I'm sure down the line it was kind of muddied up and it wasn't all of his tactics. Essentially, they were probably put in some stuff too by the Republic or, you know, the Kaminoans themselves who thought, hey, we know some stuff too, whatever. So when it came to the clones, you know, and the clones were very efficient. They were very good at their jobs. They had great training. But if we want to think of clones as, you know, being so great, we got to imagine just how amazing Boba Fett must be that he had actual one-on-one -on -one training from Jango Fett. And of course, this is what we see here as we jump to present day. What kind of maniac brings a kid to a hunt and then just <laughs> listen for you? Such a prisoners. As Boba pulls a blaster out and just completely mercilessly kills this beast. My father says clean kills are the best, but he also says regular target practice keeps you sharp. That's some kid you got there, Django. Really takes after you, huh? What do you think, Boba? And right here we see that Boba is even more callous when it comes to sparing someone else's life. You know, he said he didn't seem to be in on their coup attempt, but he didn't do much to stop it either. So this just shows that he starts off not really ever as a compassionate, loving child, as far as we know from this age. He just seems to be cold-blooded, and that's all he's ever known, which is all his father has taught him, to be strong and to be cold, because the galaxy is anything but warm. He points his blaster and he says, He forfeits his share of the bounty, but not his life. Now, when they head back to the Slave One, Django discusses if Boba was going to let the Rodian go, and that he didn't know for sure. And this is where it gets pretty cold. Boba tells him that he wanted the galaxy to know what happens if you mess with Django Fett. And that's why he let him go. He figured it's what Django would do. When they miss with either of us, you mean, I wasn't the one who fired the shots. Did I do alright then? Even though they got the drop on me? You shot well. You trusted your judgement. And you've started building your reputation. A father couldn't ask for a better start for his son's legacy. End of comic. And I know I jumped through a lot of stuff here, but I really feel the meat of the matter was the character development that we saw with Boba. And also, of course, what the title of this video is, which is what Django thought of his own clones, which is a pretty interesting concept to me, because, you know, you think you have a million clones. I mean, most of us at least have some sort of a love for ourselves. You would think that if we have a million clones of ourselves, we would also, you know, find some empathy or, you know, feel a little something for them as well. Not only them just being some sort of a lab-created being, organism that's alive with a beating heart, but the fact that they are us, a literal clone, kind of makes you think, hey, you know, this is me. But nope, Django just sees them as livestock being fed for blaster fire, being fed to die, which is essentially what they are if we really want to think about it. And from his point of view, I can totally understand why he feels that way. Let me know if this was a surprise to you or if you always knew that this was what Django thought of his own clones. It solidifies his cold demeanor and his cold perception of everything in the galaxy and kind of shows you why exactly he is such a callous being and why he is number one because he doesn't really have any feelings or emotions or at least doesn't really show them very much. I think his only feelings were for his own son, which was a clone, of course, an unaltered clone. Thanks for watching this video. I hope we get to learn much more about Django through the book of Boba Fett and maybe even Mando season three. Hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for watching. Leave a like if you enjoyed this video.
video and I'll catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always.